Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Pierre and joining me as always is Tim. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. It's only 502 times or whatever, whatever this is now. Yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to be back. <laughs> I don't believe a word of that. Uh, <laughs> this is a horror movie podcast. We get together, we've watched a horror film, we talk about it, it's really quite that simple. And coming mm -hmm. up on today's show, we are getting to the first big new release. Not the first one we've done, but the first <laughs> big new release of 2022, which is Scream 5. Yes, I'm calling it Scream 5. They can <sighs> sue me if they want. I refuse. I absolutely refuse to call this Scream. <laughs> what about Five Cream? How do you feel about that? I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, before anyone says anything, yes, yes, they, they, they kind of poke fun at it in the movie a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't care. It doesn't justify it. It doesn't... Just, just pointing it out does not mean that you suddenly get away with it. I do not agree with that at all, so... Uh, this this trend of naming sequels the original name again, but still being a sequel is no. I'm not. I'm not about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, my big thing is you know it, it seems like this was pretty well received. I don't know, you know, what the box office or anything is like, but you know, it, I think it could reasonably be assumed that they might be thinking about sequels. But uh, Tim, like, I'm uh, you're you're behind the curve because I've already announced the sequel. They have. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, so what are they going to call it then? Scream Two, <laughs> like. <laughs> that is a very good question. I mean, I, I imagine it will be Scream Colon something like so. Mm -hmm. Scream Return to Woodsboro or Scream Ghostface <laughs> Attacks or something. <laughs> <I don't know>. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like Ghostface Scream Six. <laughs> or Scream Six Six Six. Ooh, that's always a good one. There you go. We've reached that point. Uh, we will start spoiler-free. I know that we are a little bit later because we waited for it to be streaming uh, before we got to reviewing this. So a lot of you may have seen it anyway, but uh, for the sake of people who haven't, we will start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we go into the spoilers and we'll get into things. Uh, I, I guess just before we, we give thoughts, you know, the first impressions of this, uh, it's probably worth just quickly recapping our general feelings on the series as a whole. Uh, mm -hmm. I kind of fall into the camp of Scream was one of the first horror movies I ever saw. It has kind of a special place in my heart because of that. And of course, it's a pretty good meta narrative that kind of harkens back to older horror movies. And the sequels range from okay to, oh, holy shit, what is this thing? Why does it exist? It's terrible. <laughs> uh, that being Scream 3, just in case anyone wasn't sure which one I was shitting on there. I don't think it needs sequels. I, I think it's not necessarily something I really wanted to be a franchise. Uh, mm -hmm. At least, certainly not since I've been an adult anyway. I mean, I'm sure when I was like 12, I'd probably say, yeah, give me a hundred of them. But <laughs> as an adult, I've, I've just, like, Scream 4 is, is better than Scream 3 by quite a margin, and it's definitely got some interesting mm -hmm. little quirks and ideas in it, but nothing that really justified, like, oh, bringing these characters back, doing Scream again, so... Uh, I, I went into this one with fairly muted expectations, despite the buzz that it seemed to get uh, in January. But uh, uh, would you like to recap your <laughs> stream history? Uh, sure. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, similar uh, to you as well. Like, I 
you know, saw this pretty early on. It's weird. I, I do think the first movie is quite good. And, you know, I really liked it at the time, but I feel like I don't have as much like nostalgia or love for it as other, you know, people around our age do. Cause I feel like for a lot of people, you know, uh, around our age, like, you know, this is kind of like their defining a franchise. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. one like people really love and feel attached to where like, I don't know. I feel like more attached to like a lot of like eighties or franchises and stuff. Uh, instead of scream for whatever reason but um i mean I, I still like it it's one of those ones that's not really on the forefront of my mind but when i go back and think about it, i'm like oh yeah no actually as a franchise it is actually you know quite strong uh you know the third one is the only one that's a real clunker uh for me i don't mind like watching it though like the like i i do think it's bad but like in a fun way sometimes uh i i don't like feel the need to totally skip it and there's some things I, I like in it but i'm not as big a fan of uh as two as some people are too i feel like there's um two is kind of like seems to be like a cult favorite for some people which yeah i you know again like there's some cool kills and stuff in it but like some of the storyline stuff in that is like eh, kind of weak to me i don't really love it and then um almost seems like we're trying to be contrarian or something because uh, I, I feel like not a lot of people really like four, but I actually like it quite a bit as well. Um, especially with, with like, you know, uh, some things that are playing with like, you know, the idea of reboots and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's good. And I, I really liked um, Emma Roberts uh, character in that. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I do you know like the franchise. Um, I, you know, it, it's not like maybe one of my top franchises, but you know, when I go back and watch them, uh, I always have a good time. Like you said, there was a, a lot of buzz in this. I was, you know, seeing people being pretty uh, high on it and everything. But the big thing, which I, I think you're on my side a little bit with this, is uh, I don't think either one of us were big fans of, um, you know, the director's previous uh, big buzzworthy horror movie, uh, Ready or Not. It's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, I just I, I didn't love it, and I think that maybe kind of tempered my. Uh, excitement or expectations for I, this but I, I think i'd describe our review of that as lukewarm like yeah, yeah i wasn't yeah. like shitting on it but we weren't really feeling the praise or the the excitement definitely I, I think the most i can say from it is that after watching that movie i wasn't like super psyched to see like the next movie from these fam- uh, filmmakers especially you know if they're tackling like a beloved franchise you know i wasn't like listening to like full-on reviews but just kind of seeing like you know twitter talk and stuff like people seem pretty high on this so I, I think I was like, you know, mildly excited. At the very least, I'm always going to be curious about pretty much any big horror franchise uh, coming back. So, you know, I was going in not the most excited, but, you know, I was uh, I was like, all right, you know, I'm happy to, you know, get a chance to see it. So once again, we turn to Woodsboro. There's a new generation. Generation Z. Uh, <laughs> are now the, the, the high schoolers. Our original trio of cast members who have survived the previous four films all return as well. Uh, those being Courtney Cox, uh, David Arquette, and Neve Campbell. And I went with their actor names for some reason rather than the character names. You know what I mean. Regardless, <laughs> they're, they're, they're back. We got a new batch of characters. There's a new ghost face of some kind running around phoning people <laughs> killing people it's you know there's not really much to describe plot wise other than just saying it's another stream movie because it's just doing more stream stuff it's not doing anything actually new and in a, in a sort of general premise way so yeah and then you know one of the big hooks of the franchise is the mystery around it so the who done you know, it yeah yeah so you know you can't really you don't want to give too much away you know yeah yeah so that's the basic gist of it and 
to be honest, that, that's it. I mean, I, I guess going in as well, I, I had kind of this weird feeling about it because it's like, okay, we're going to be doing meta commentary on reboots and stuff and franchises mm-hmm. coming back. And I'm like, well, they kind of did that in four. <laughs> that was kind of the, the, right. the, the four was, was <laughs> doing that. Although now that it's been another, in fact, I'll, I'll be honest, I had a bit of an existential crisis when I realized it was 11 years since Scream 4 came out because I, I, I thought of that oh as my. the modern one. <laughs> now it's 11 years old. Jeez, you know, there's been enough of a new breed of reboot in the last 10 years that this is kind of skewing towards that type of reboot instead of the reboots that we had 10 years ago. Right. I mean, I think, like, I don't really think it's a spoiler to say, like, kind of maybe the big, you know, meta focus on this is the idea of, like, the legacy sequel. So, you know, like, movies, you know, like the 2018 Halloween and stuff like that. Um, it kind of seems to be the, the route that they're tackling here. Yes, notably, Halloween was the only horror example in the list to give. Now, don't get me wrong, I think, oh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I think the list they give is, is accurate, and it's I would just rate them all as having the same template, uh, to an annoying degree, which makes them kind of annoying to watch. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that only one of them is horror as a franchise, mm-hmm. and the rest are, you know, Star Wars and Jurassic Park and Terminator. Mm-hmm. It's all stuff that isn't horror, which I thought was a little bit curious in the sense that, well, you might be sort of tackling horror like right. <laughs> tropes and horror trends and things. So it's kind of funny that, and I know it has infected horror a little bit. And we even said Texas Chainsaw, the new one was a little bit into that category. Uh, <laughs> although not as much as I think I thought it was going to be, to be honest. There is other stuff like that you can bring up. Like, I mean, the Texas you know franchise as a whole has had, you know, multiple, I guess, quote unquote, like legacy sequels where they kind of go back and like, oh, we're doing a prequel to the original or a sequel to the original. Yeah, they've, whatever, done it, and... they've done it five times at this point. So it's, the, it's, yeah. just, it's not and as then... noble. Yeah, and of course, you know, you got to talk about, you know, another big example, Leprechaun Returns, which, oh, you know, was a legacy sequel. <laughs> they did go back <laughs> to the first one. The Jennifer Aniston's character did not return, but they uh, they they did mention her. And actually, Oz was in it. So actually, yeah, so that would be a... <laughs> uh, I think that would count. <laughs> Oz was... Why, why would Seth Green be in it? He wasn't in the original. Uh, not that dumb character. <laughs> Talk about Ozzy from the first Leprechaun movie. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I would love to know a percentage of people who genuinely knew which character you were talking about when you said Oz. <laughs> I would love to know. Anyway, we are at the point where I'm going to ask Tim the question. What did you think of Scream 5? Yeah, so I gotta say, I was pretty darn happy with it. I actually uh, liked it quite a bit. Again, yeah, I really did not have much of an idea um, about what it was going to be like going into it, uh, which is another thing that was, uh, I, I was actually pretty happy with is I you know I haven't been able to get out to the theater as much, so it's always kind of like walking around landmines when you know a new movie comes out and it's like, all right, uh, do I just have to stay off the internet for like... <laughs> you know two months until it's streaming yeah luckily like nothing really uh got spoiled or anything i wasn't being flooded with like trailers and articles that you know those ruined stuff so it, I, I thought you know it was a very nice surprise uh you know throughout most of the movie but yeah i gotta say i, I was really happy i i you know I, I have maybe a few minor complaints but uh i mean overall i like the story uh i like the a lot of the new characters uh it probably my biggest complaint is i did I do wish like we saw more of, you know, the friends kind of just hanging out and 
talking more about movies like that, that's always like a like one of the things I, I find most appealing about this is you know when they talk about the rules and i mean maybe it's just like a, a dumb easy thing to say but as a horror fan you know i just like you know hearing a horror movie talk about other horror movies and stuff and i, I feel like from the franchise as a whole we never really get as much of that kind of stuff uh, as i want but i mean i, I guess that's like kind of a you know minor quibble but uh, i mean yeah yeah overall i i really like the characters i thought the kills were brutal af as you would say um <laughs> as i would say yeah. i'll never said you, that i've never said that um that's how that's you say stuff like that all the time <laughs> shut up <laughs> lol omg the kills i i think were uh especially gnarly and, and nasty uh you know to the point where there's times uh you know i was like kind of like wincing like ooh, this is like rough to watch uh you know it feels very visceral and bloody um and yeah, and there's a, there's a big part of the movie which um, I was surprised that uh, you know how much uh, it affected me. Uh, you know, and it, 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 it might be maybe kind of a, a cheap thing to do, but I, I, I don't know. It it worked on me. Uh, so yeah, uh, overall, I was uh, I was pretty happy with this one. Yeah, I uh, I don't think I'm quite as positive as you are. Mm-hmm. I was. I mean, I'm not in here ready to like shit all over or anything, but I'm. I think I'm kind of in a lukewarm place again. Uh, okay. Much like these directors' last film, I don't mm. think I get the praise that this was getting online mm. in January. Like my Twitter was flooded with people talking about how good it was and being this return to form and how much people wanted another one and really hyping up a lot of the characters. And some of the new characters are, are solid enough. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think fundamentally on some level I just don't really care about getting new screen movies and I don't think anything in this <laughs> in this film really gave me a reason why I needed it. I I just kind of feel like we're going through the motions. Now, don't get me wrong. I, the the positive points would be it kind of remembered to try and be a horror movie again because one of my even though I kind of like some of Scream Four. One of my biggest complaints about Stream 4 is that it didn't even feel like it was trying to be a horror movie. Like, any scenes where there was, like, the killer was stalking someone felt, like, kind of almost, like, oh, we have to do this because it's a Stream movie, but we're not really taking any of it seriously. It felt almost borderline a comedy rather than an actual horror film. Whereas this, it does try to actually have some suspenseful moments, you know, where characters are walking around on their own and they're like covering the background and then the door will shut and then maybe the killer's going to be standing there maybe they're not mm-hmm. there's stuff like that the kills are a bit more visceral and like you say a bit more gory but there's definitely things in this that i i don't think i like very much i i don't think the the meta commentary on the legacy sequel really gives it a pass when it does a lot of the same things you know just just doing what the other legacy sequels do doesn't make it commentary it just means you're doing it the fact that you point out that you're doing it i don't think adds any depth to it than any other movie so mm-hmm. there's a lot of nostalgia pop things in this that i think are a bit groaning dissing uh i also would say that the new main girl sam mm-hmm. I sam carpenter th- <laughs> yes i didn't notice the last name is carpenter yes mm-hmm. uh I think she's kind of weak, especially in a couple of scenes where she has to get emotional. I thought those were particularly bad. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get into a bit more, obviously, in spoilers when I can talk about them more in detail. But I will say there's a couple of scenes where 
they kind of rushed to an emotion and I don't know if it's because they were trying to save time so they were trying to like get a lot of exposition out and a lot of emotion at the same time but it <laughs> came off as kind of hokey and I don't think the actor's performance was necessarily I mean not that it was good writing but I don't think the actor's performance was, go- <laughs> was going to save it any either and it's mm-hmm. not that this is not necessarily shit on the, the new cast as a whole I actually think a lot of the side characters are, are kind of entertaining for what they are uh, as much mm-hmm. as I think it's a little bit you know, I, the fact that there's like Randy family members who know horror movie <laughs> rules and stuff like that, it's a bit okay, right? I was ready to complain about someone being related to someone early on, and then it kind of, as the movie went, I was like, okay, oh, so everyone's just somewhat related to someone. Okay, fine, I'll just, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let it go because it's clearly a, a running gag or theme or whatever. But it, it's just, it's just something. I, I'm kind of rolling my eyes out a little bit. Yeah, I think fundamentally, like, I, I kind of come back to this idea of uh, like what I felt when I, I went to see Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is it's a movie mm-hmm. about remembering how good the first film was as opposed to actually justifying why itself is worth watching. And mm-hmm. I kind of got a lot of that from this. It was a lot of, oh, uh, the original was good. The original was the best. The sequels weren't as good. So we're here to go back to the original again. But mm-hmm. ultimately, you're just you know you're 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 literally copying the structure of the first film. You're copying set pieces. You're taking locations directly from the first film. You know the opening scenes very much a play on the Drew Barrymore scene from the first one. Again, there's little mm-hmm. twists, there's little swerves, and things that make it different. But you're still kind of like calling back to that scene specifically, and then you're calling back mm-hmm. to things. I feel like if I actually had something more to say and maybe something more to offer as a as a critique or as a as, just subverting what a legacy sequel actually does but i don't really feel like it did i feel like it just kind of followed the beats of a legacy sequel and it, it pointed mm-hmm. them out as it was doing it but by the end of the film it still just did them okay but i mean how is that like different than the other <laughs> scream movies though well the sequels it's not mm-hmm. and that's kind of part of the problem is that i feel like we've been here we've done this mm-hmm. there's not there's not really much new on the table here beyond uh, other than sure. the fact that the, the movies that the, the younger characters are referencing are newer films like characters bring up <laughs> the babadook they bring up it falls yeah. they bring up hereditary <laughs> right that, that's i guess kind of new the first film's exempt from this because the first film like we hadn't seen it yet and we hadn't seen characters reference horror films especially sure. killers mm-hmm. who were inspired by horror films and were intentionally trying to like do horror movie tropes that was mm-hmm. all very unique on its own that's what made scream kind of memorable and fun and kind of witty and meta and two kind of gets a little bit with like poking fun at sequel stuff but the more it's went on and the more it's tried to do that, oh, we're going to poke fun at a trilogy, or we're going to poke fun at a reboot, or now we're going to poke mm-hmm. fun at legacy sequels, the more watered down it's become and the more it's just, hey, here's the things they do, and then we just mm-hmm. do them. Yeah, look, look warm on my end. And I, I, I probably feel like I'm really shitting on it, and I, I think it's it's perfectly watchable. I, I don't... I, I do think it's a bit overlong, though, although this actually goes for a lot of the Scream movies. A lot of them are, like, nearly two hours for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I'll, I'll throw that in the uh, objective critique, uh, you know, hat a little bit. But uh, other than that, like, I think it's perfectly mm-hmm. watchable. But uh, ultimately, it's another franchise movie that I, I just, you know, and I think part of it as well is that the Who Done It of Stream. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Is it? We can't get to still spoilers. Is that a character <laughs> even points something I'm about to say out? Uh, mm-hmm. Part of the problem with Stream is that Ghost, Ghostface is not a character. 
right? We don't have mm-hmm. a Jason, we don't have a Michael, we don't have a Freddy. We have a mask that different people put on in the different movies. And mm-hmm. obviously a big part of that is because they want Stream to be this who is the killer. They want to tease and go back and forth and really... And I think as the movies have been on, like I've come to realize that for the most part, the reveals of who the killer is after the first one have been, all been disappointing. <laughs> None of them have been that good. <laughs> I, I feel like kind of part of it is the... Like, yeah, like the mystery of it. It's never really been... I, I didn't hate it, but yeah, I would say maybe like the that kind of like final bit maybe might have been the weakest part uh, of the movie once like you kind of get into like the killer's motivations and stuff like there's some interesting stuff there, but it did feel like a little bit out of nowhere. Like, oh, it doesn't really seem like this is matching exactly you know, what I kind of thought like the thesis of the film was. Um, I, it didn't bother me like that much, but like I, I can see that there. But I don't know. I, I still like the the mystery of wondering and, and thinking about you know who it's gonna be. You know, I like watching it with my wife or going like, oh, like a do you think it's this person or do you think it's this person? Like that that is a that is like a fun aspect to to me. <laughs> yeah, I I think part of it is because they they poke a lot of jokes where characters kind of start like mm-hmm. accusing not not seriously, but they just kind of start saying it could be you that's the killer. There's, and there's usually two of them, so it could be you too. What about you? You could be the killer. There's a lot of that going around in the first half of the and, of the movie. And I, I always wonder with that, like, it, how serious they're being. Because, like, if you really thought that person was the killer, like, you wouldn't be, like, joking about it and, like, being very casual with that person, you know? Yeah, like I say, there's, there's a, a few scenes that I think are stand out in a bad way <laughs> so I'll, I'll get into those <laughs> as we work through it in spoilers and g- generally speaking i just like i just i found myself kind of feeling like i've been here i've done this mm-hmm. and like some of the kills are all right but i, I wasn't super into it for whatever reason there's like there's a nice simplicity to a slasher movie right like a normal slasher <laughs> movie 90 minutes if that <laughs> right <laughs> ideally uh unless you're halloween kills which was like two hours because screw you um <laughs> And you know, it's just it's it's about giving me some witty characters that I can follow <laughs> and enjoy the 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 time until they get killed off one by one. That's really all I'm, <laughs> I'm there for. And I'm not saying don't be smarter than that, don't be wittier than that, or whatever. But I just <laughs> I, I feel like the cow being milked dry as I watch these stream <laughs> sequels, and it's not been that long since we worked through the franchise, so they're, they're <laughs> relatively fresh in my head. I think when we worked through them, I you know I'm I'm not too harsh on two and four. I think they're perfectly watchable. I think there's some nice ideas mm-hmm. in both of them, but ultimately I don't really need any of the scream sequels. And this sure. fifth, this fifth one, I mean I'll, I mean I'll say this about it. I, I think it sits nicely with two and four. I, I think you could put mm-hmm. it with them. It kind of fills that void. It's nowhere near as bad as Scream Three. It just mm-hmm. exists as a scream sequel if you really wanted that, but. I'd rather have a new Friday the Thirteenth. Call me crazy. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. For me though, like I, I just I enjoyed the characters. I, you know, I'm not gonna disagree and say like that. Yeah, they were necessarily doing something completely new, or that. Yeah, they weren't. You know, falling into, you know, the the tropes that they you know, they themselves kind of point out and talk about it. Like I, I, I do get it. And do, do you know what I would I think would actually be ballsy, right? I Ooh, guess this okay. is a, a slight spoiler in that you know that this doesn't happen, but, I mean, mm-hmm. you know Scream 5's a whodunit, right? So this is mm-hmm. not a spoiler. If you know it's a whodunit, it's not a spoiler. I think if they made a Scream movie where 
the killer gets unmasked at the end and no one has a clue who it is. We've not seen them before. And it's just a random person. You know, it's, it's the it's the guy who shot the Wayne's, you know, on the alleyway. It's just a random dude yeah. named Joe Chill and it doesn't matter. He's not related to anyone. He's not got some big motive. He's just a psychopath who is not connected to anyone else. That would actually be a ballsy, more interesting reveal to me, I think, at this point. Yeah, I was actually uh, thinking about that uh, as well because, you know, as I'm watching the movie and trying to think of, like, who it's going to be, like, I did kind of have the thought at one point, I was like, oh, like, how crazy would it be if it's just, like, a random person that no one knows yeah, who it is? Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, that would be interesting. Uh, there was something that I thought they were going to do halfway through the movie and then didn't, and I kind of thought, like, oh, it would be really interesting if they did this, but mm. ended up not doing it. It, it really is structured like the first stream there's a lot of very similar shots the, the way it cuts to like the high school at one point it starts off mm-hmm. with the flag and the camera comes down you know it's doing if it even ends uh on the same shot as the original stream uh, which isn't a spoiler mm-hmm. it's just you know the, the the camera pulling back as the reporter's talking and the original it was gail uh but uh, you know the camera pulls back as there's a reporter talking those ambulance vans and stuff because like, the exact same shot you know they're, they're doing yeah. the same stuff Oh, make make some make something that is yours. Like, you just I don't know. There's a, there's a point where I just feel like I'm watching a fan movie, and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a pro- professional fan movie with the real people in it, but stuff feels like a fan movie. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm coming down harsh on this. I, I like I think it's perfectly watchable, and I'm not going to rate it that low. But ultimately, I'm going to come down harsh on it because I just I. I I, th- I think it's trying to have its cake and eat it by saying, oh, we're meta-commentary on the Legacy sequel. No, but you're still just a goddamn Legacy sequel with all the problems mm-hmm. that entails. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have a question for you. Yeah, um, sure. do you... <laughs> uh, what are you wearing? No. Uh, just... <laughs> uh, Godzilla t-shirt, uh, jeans. Uh, I'd have to check what color my underwear is if you really want to know, but I'm willing to do it. Uh, eh, maybe later. But uh, I I was going to say, do you think part of the problem might be, and I don't want to try to sound like elitist or something, but, uh, you know, but like, I mean, do you think part of it is that, you know, maybe you're like you, maybe you you watch more movies and think uh, about movies more often than, you know, maybe like the casual viewer or, you know, like the more casual horror fan, because, you know, for some people, yeah, you know, like we we watch movies and we talk about them, like you know, usually like every week. Uh, and so you know, mm-hmm. we have like longer conversations than maybe most people that just watch something and are like, oh, hey, that was neat or whatever. Um, so do you think that might be part of the issue where like maybe a casual person is just watching this and as they're pointing out these tropes and stuff, they're like, oh yeah, that is a thing. I guess I never really thought about it, but they do do that in a lot of movies. And like, oh hey, you know, they're referencing some movies I never heard of or something. Like, I I don't know if that maybe might affect it more for you or not i, I mean i think that's a a really broad idea really but mm-hmm. i think there's some truth to it in general mm-hmm. the idea that you talk more about movies you think more about movies you appreciate the good things more but you also start to really get irritated by the bad things more as well because you notice them mm-hmm. you notice when they're taking shortcuts you notice when they're they're just mm-hmm. copying each other or they're doing something that's that's a that's a shortcut and I, I I think the effect it has on everyone is not something that is immediately apparent. I think it's something that people who think about movies recognize it in the moment 
and I'm not in a sense I can put myself above other people here. I'm not. I I just mean <laughs> in general. I think people who are thinking about it a bit more and are recognizing certain things have a reason to explain something that even if someone sees a movie like this and they go, "Oh, I loved that. It was great." I, you know, was there was there was all these references to the original. I felt nostalgia and all those things. And maybe they'll still genuinely like it and they'll rewatch it and stuff. But I think the real test is that when you look at things 10, 15, 20 years later and you go, okay, what movies are people still talking about? What movies mm-hmm. are still being referenced as great classics and stuff? And Scream will be referenced. I don't think mm-hmm. Scream 2022 is going to be brought up much unless you're in a horror group specifically who are talking about long-running franchises. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be much of an impact from this. And I think that's that's, that's a sort of a broad thing that's true about a, a lot of franchises and stuff where what i mean sure right now we're talking about these new halloween movies because we're right in the middle of the trilogy coming out and there's the the last one still to come but in 15 20 years time are people going to be talking about that as much as the original prop i I, I doubt it (laughs) and there's a reason for that (laughs) yeah (laughs) because it's great and the new ones are not (laughs) I, uh, people may like jokingly say like evil dies tonight or something yeah like, yeah the way someone will make fun of you know buster rhymes uh yes, <laughs> you know, kicking yes, yes. michael myers but but yeah like no one is gonna be actually actively thinking about it and watching it so that's an interesting thing to say I, yeah i'm not trying to say that that's a you know, an excuse for the movie that was like, well, you didn't like it because you're too smart or something. But uh, I was I'll just ac- curious if I'll you know. accept that as a as a statement, though. <laughs> if you want to give me that, I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I mean, I just thought that was maybe just an interesting point to bring up. Yeah, it's it's um it's tough but i mean it's the same thing with all these movies, right? Like Jurassic World did really well. Mm. Star Wars: The Force Awakens did very well. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate not so much but that was clearly following the template Um, Halloween 2018 did well relatively for a horror movie so I mean maybe this is being a little generous but I feel like like most franchises get to do this like once Mm. like I you know I mean I I hate to say it but like I like I, I really did like fall in with when i saw the force awakens because like I'm, I'm a huge star wars fan and you know this uh movies meant a lot to me growing up like i mean it's not anything unusual it's a lot of people you know that had the same feeling but you know even though you know when i look back at force awakens now i i see more of the flaws and i say i, I go like oh yeah it is just very heavy on nostalgia and just redoing a lot of like you know the beats from the original trilogy and stuff but it still like worked on me um but then like you know, anytime they had a, you know, any of the other movies after that, uh, it was definitely more and more diminishing re- returns. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I did like this movie quite a bit. I'm not gonna try to backpedal and say, oh, you know, maybe you're, you're right. I, I agree, but because I, I, I actually do think, um, I had a lot of fun with it. It, it did work for me, uh, even though I'm not necessarily disagreeing with some of the points he brought up, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, with the sequel and stuff, I can't imagine them getting away if they're doing maybe some similar tropes or something like in the next one, which in a way does kind of make me excited to see, you know, what we're going to get out of that. Is there going to be like, um, some type of, you know, 
overarching statement or thesis they try to make because uh, at that point what is the trend or the big thing that you can really talk about or is it yeah just gonna try to do its own thing and just fall back and just doing more classic slasher stuff um i don't know but i'm kind of interested either way though yeah i don't know what you do with the next one because you, you can't do oh it's the the the, the requel like meta commentary right, again yeah. so what, what do you do for the next one exactly is, is there a like this is the the meta commentary of number sixes in franchises number six That's, always does this <laughs> so i was just like i was just thinking yeah like what is like the 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 trope of a six movie <laughs> I mean, it varies well. Though. I mean, people love Jason mm-hmm. Lives, but I mean, Freddy's dead. The final Freddy's nightmare, dead. not so <laughs> much. Like, there's a very wide, you know, gamut of quality between various part sixes. So, I know, like, they would never do it, and if they did, people would hate it. But I'd be really interested if they just did something that's like just super over the top wacky like go to space or like something like that that's like <laughs> yeah just take the same cast and do the, do the original story again but they're all on a space station yeah <laughs> yeah that, that sounds fun, more fun to me than what they're pro because that's the other thing they're, they're tied to woodsboro and that's not necessarily the worst mm-hmm. thing like, i mean jason was tried to tied to uh you know crystal lake for a long time freddy's mm-hmm. tied to elm street but there's something about like this town has had so many like serial killings. <laughs> the thing is, it's like it, it's not just that it's had so many serial killings, but it's had like very specific serial killings that have like all yeah like, been very like closely related <laughs> to each other. Which... Yeah, they keep. I mean, to be fair, two and three were in Woodsboro too, because it followed Sydney sure. College and then it was in Hollywood or whatever. But, um. Like one, four, and five now though. Like each new set of killings is linked directly to the last ones or the, yeah. the original one at least. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of odd. Like I feel like Stream Four is a bit of an outlier in in this now because mm-hmm. I feel like with the exception of the fact that the deputy lady from the fourth one is in this, I feel like you could skip Stream Four, and mm-hmm. it would probably work better than. Like, Scream 5 would probably work better if Scream 4 never existed. The fact that Scream 4 had, like, copycat yeah. killers who were this young, hip, you know, generation who were trying to, like, make their new version of Scream or mm-hmm. the new version of Stab or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it kind of dilutes the fact that we have characters in this kind of, oh, we're going back to the original again without getting spoilery. I, I agree with that. Uh, as much as I do like 4, I, like, I, I, I'm a pretty big fan of that. Like, I, um, I don't know if we did rankings, but, like, Previously, like four was my second favorite entry, uh, so I, I like four quite a bit. But uh, I do agree it does take a bit uh, away from this because you know even if you are getting in the weeds and say, well, four is tackling reboots, and then this one is more tackling requels. I, I get that you know distinction, but they're very closely related. Like you know, it's uh, I, I don't know, but. Uh... I know I, I do like four though. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I it does feel like something that like could potentially be forgotten by people because it's like the the first um you know trilogy they were each one like was just like a couple of years uh, away from each other I, I think um and then the fourth one was just one of those kind of outliers that I, I don't know the exact time frame but you know it was like a later on uh, sequel and then it was just a a standalone movie it didn't get kind of get its own like trilogy or whatever and then. You know, if this one is popular and ends up getting, you know, a few sequels or a trilogy or something, like, 
it feels like yeah you'll have like an original trilogy then this kind of new group and then four will just be like this weird kind of thing stranded in the middle yeah i did i think i heard or saw someone say something about how there's an easter egg in this one uh that talks about kirby from the fourth movie um ah. but I, I i missed out on it i i saw something something saying like oh like easter egg confirms kirby from scream 4 is alive because a lot of people really like that character but um which yeah i, I did too i'm not uh hating on or anything but um whatever that easter egg or whatever it is i missed it so spoilers then uh full spoilers for scream 5 from this point on you have been warned uh we'll we'll dive through this thing uh of course it opens with uh traditional drew barrymore style scene we have teenage girl alone in the house the phone rings uh there's kind of a little bit of a gag well not a gag but this this idea that she's on her like smartphone like constantly and is like moaning over tech over text that the 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 landline keeps ringing <laughs> i felt Which, it <laughs> yeah that was a little bit we, of a, a modern twist on things yeah we we literally unplugged our landline because we we kept getting like telemarketing calls and we never mm. used it otherwise so we're just like why why do we have this thing <laughs> we just unplugged it the, the killer pretends to be someone her mother knows right someone <laughs> and she's and she even texts her friend saying oh, I think I'm talking to my mom's new boyfriend or something. So it's like, okay, it gives her a reason to want to stay in the line with him and sort of be nosy and He's, ask him some questions, you know? Yeah, it was, he was pretending to be someone from, like, uh, he said he was, like, from his mom's group, and then she was kind of intrigued. She was like, oh, like, wait, what kind of group is this? Like, AA? What are we talking about yeah. here? It was Tara, because I text Tara and said, have you ever wanted to hear your name in the, the, the stream voice? Because uh, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of it in the new stream movie. <laughs> And one one thing that I, I do think is kind of interesting is, like you said, there isn't like a specific ghost face that comes back in each movie, but we do kind of get it in the voice, the ghost face voice that like always comes back, which uh, is kind of cool. That's true. Does that mean we can only keep making these until he dies and then we have to stop? Maybe. <laughs> not, not that I think he's like super old, right? I don't know. He's not got much time sure. left. I'm just saying that's the cutoff because once you don't have yeah. him, what's the point? You, you can't do the voice anymore. Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I think it took me a while to even realize that it was just someone's voice. Like, I think I assumed that they were just putting it through some type of, um, like, a, I don't know, machine or something. Uh, and they're like, oh, no, it's just like, that's just the way like some dude talks. I actually like this opening quite a bit um, with them on the phone, because, uh, again, it's, you know, it's playing with your expectations. So uh, obviously anyone that knows the Scream franchise, as soon as the phone rings and they pick it up and you hear that voice you know what's coming and i like the idea or i like that they toy with you for a bit and kind of drag it out and then um i actually thought it was really good like when he makes that turn and yeah there's like a, a second where it goes from like oh i'm this friendly guy until and then the, you know it goes boom into like the sinister kind of ghost face mode and uh i don't know that that worked for me i liked it yeah yeah he you know he threatens her friend that she thinks she's texting but really uh is this him who's cloned the phone? Although, mm-hmm. phone clones. Not really. I mean, we're in spoilers. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Because the, the, the friend turns out to be one of the killers, so it probably is just her phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they have to be cloned. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, not to pat myself on the back or anything, but, like, I she was pretty quick on my, like, list of suspects. I was like, I think it's her. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. 
I'll, I'm not gonna lie, her, her being one of the killers was a lot like, um, I remember the character name, but from Scream 2, the one who's not the mother. <laughs> Mickey? Mickey, there you go, that sounds right. You know, mm-hmm. the one who feels kind of like, and even less so in this one, feels like a character who, because I, I think I agree with you about like not seeing the, ki- the, the kids all hang out a bit more, but I think mm-hmm. my complaint's more about the fact that it felt like after the third way mark, we don't see them together again until the party uh, yeah. towards the end. And it kind of felt like, I don't feel like we've spent as much time with these characters to like care that any of them are going to start getting killed pretty quickly now. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was a little bit, a little bit nitpick. And I, I think my big problem was with that is that I, I generally liked the characters. So I wanted to get more of them. Uh, mm-hmm, that's like, I, like, I, I don't know when they, you know, are having their banter and stuff like, I don't know. I thought I, I liked it, especially uh, Mindy. I thought uh, especially stood out to me, which maybe not like as much early on, but definitely like her stuff like at the party. Uh, mm. I liked a lot. That was really fun. Now, Mindy, Mindy's good. I, I'll, to be honest, I didn't necessarily need it to be the niece of Randy. <laughs> that was a bit of like a whatever connection, but uh, and then because I didn't realize that uh, her and the other guy were brother and sister because it was it was it wasn't until. They're at their yeah. house and they said, "Oh, that's this is you know Randy's our uncle." And then we actually see the mum. The mum, or you know, so that so Randy's sister from Stream Three has a cameo as their mother in this. So I was like, "Geez, you're yeah. bringing everyone back." <laughs> that that other actor who's in tons of movies, uh, including horror movie wise, he's in the Open House, but he's like one of the teenagers. Oh, the like kid with like the. Frosty highlight, yeah, hair. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's the son of Deputy Lady from Stream Four, who's now the sheriff. Right. Uh, so yeah, we've got, we've got you know <laughs> these characters, but like <laughs> you know, I, I like Jenny Ortega who plays Tara. I like, mm-hmm. uh, and honestly, the most surprising thing this movie did to me, the biggest swerve it gave me, is that she survives the opening kill scene. That yep. like mm-hmm. seeing the very next scene where they say, "Oh, she's out of the hospital. She's been stabbed seven times or whatever, but she's she's going to be okay." Mm-hmm. I that was legitimately the most shocking thing this movie did. It was like, "Oh, she's not dead." Yeah. Did the killer mean not to kill her? <laughs> like, is this, a, <laughs> is this all part of the plan? The big <laughs> scream plan? I don't, I don't yeah. But that was honestly the most interesting thing about the whole movie. Is that mm-hmm. she survived? I was like, "What? What? That, that doesn't happen." <laughs> They die in the opening scene. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe they are really going to do something like wild when by the time we get to the end of this. And let's be honest, the, the wild thing they do is they kill off one of the original characters. That's it. That's what they've got. That's what. That's yeah. all they've got up their sleeve. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> and it was so predictable as well. There's a scene where I knew it was going to happen. This is one. Of, this is one of the, the scenes of the movie. I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. But this is one of the scenes of the movie that I thought was was just bad from a writing perspective because it felt the need to like rush into like an emotional beat that it didn't quite earn and it's the scene where gail shows up and she immediately sees dewey because they've split up now she's doing like morning tv stuff and he's retired and living in like a trailer or something yeah he's like retired he's like kind of he like i don't think they really maybe go into too many details but it seems like he he, he's kind of like the town drunk or whatever Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so she shows up and she has a big entrance and she is mad at him because he texted her. Oh, the, by the way, the Ghostface is back in town. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of immediately like ends up opening up about the night he left her because he couldn't like hack like living in New York with her or whatever, and that's how they ended up splitting up. And 
they have this emotional sort of reconciliation in their very first scene together. I'm like, this is the first time you've been on camera together and you're having this emotional thing. And then I went, oh, he's definitely dying then. The reason why this is happening so quickly <laughs> in one scene is because one of them's going to die. Probably Dewey. Mm-hmm. I did like that they brought the Broken Arrow music back for him, though. I did kind of pop for that. Mm. Uh, okay, you don't know what I'm talking about. I, I'm sure I explained this when we did Stream 2. So in Probably, stream, yeah. So, it, so in Stream 2, he's got this like guitar theme. It's like, down, 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 Right? That's the Broken Arrow soundtrack. That's from the Hans Zimmer score from the movie Broken Arrow, which they use as a temp track in Stream 2, and they fell in love with it so much that they, they, they decided to pay for it instead of just writing new music. They wanted to use that track. So they actually used a little bit of it here. Uh, it was a re-recording of cool. it, but it was yeah, he, it was where he showed up because because at first he says no, I'm not coming to help you, mm-hmm. but then he shows up at the the place anyway, and it's like down, 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 down. I was like, do we the heroes here? He's going to die. Mostly out of stupidity. <laughs> Mostly out of stupidity as well, might I add. But we'll get to that. I I disagree, but well, I mean, I, I, is it stupid what he does? Yeah, but I I I I feel like I've seen other people say similar stuff, but like. I don't know. I, 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 I get what he's doing though, where he's coming from. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess we'll, we'll talk about it more. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So to me. So the, clearly emotionally hit you and you feel attacked. You feel like I've, I've, I've slighted you by calling him out Which for this. Let people enjoy things. God. <laughs> well no because that's how we end up with Roland Emmerich and Michael Bay movies Timmy alright <laughs> yeah but no one's enjoying those <laughs> so interest to Sam who is Tara's sister she's she's the older sister she's living out of town she's dating Jack Quaid from the boys <laughs> and other things he's the he's the boyfriend she finds out her sister's been attacked and they go back to town and Honestly, there's a really weird moment when they're driving back to Woodsboro and they're cracking some jokes about Friday the 13th and he confesses he's never seen Stab and he's like, wait, we're, we're volunteering to come back to this town where all these murders keep happening? This seems like a bad idea. There's a, 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 an awkward line where he says something to the effect of, do you have any reason why your sister specifically might have been targeted by a, a new ghost face? And, and the reason why it's there is because it turns out there is a... There's a connection from Sam to previous stuff, uh, which is revealed in the most... Okay, can, can we talk about shitty <laughs> CG de Billy? <laughs> oh my god, Skeet Ske- 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 Ur- Ulrich, or whatever you, how you say his name. Ulrich, I think. Ulrich, okay. Think. Ske- Skeet Ulrich. Mm. Billy Loomis from the first movie. Mm is back in this movie because Sam sees visions of Billy talking to her and he's standing there in the white t-shirt with the blood stains on it from the end of the first movie. But obviously his face is like really shit because it's CG. <laughs> like it's fine when he's still holding still, but as soon as he starts talking, now obviously the voice sounds good because they've got, you know, him doing the voice. So he sounds, you know, like him. He sounds fine. Uh, if anything, I'm actually impressed he sounds so close. Like, because normally when it's like 20 years later, they sound a bit different. You, know, you, right, you can yeah. hear the difference. I actually thought he sounded quite the same. Yeah. So, for credit where credit's due. It's weird because I also just randomly watched uh, As Good As It Gets, which he's in as well. Oh, so really? It was weird to just kind of see him. And and, I'm, and like, it was around the same time that he did uh, Scream. I, I don't think they're too far off uh, in years. Uh, so, you know, he looks pretty similar yeah, in yeah. that. So it's just kind of weird that I was like, oh, yeah, I feel like I just saw him. 
Yeah, um, it's a good movie. I like I like that movie. Yeah. Uh, so th- here, here's the thing that's that I, I'm kind of having trouble with, and I know uh, you already kind of laid your cards on the table, so I know where you're gonna stand with it. Uh, so <laughs> I I I hated this at first, and then by the end of the movie, I was kind of like, oh, you know what this. Um, you know, okay, so if we are, you know, if a big thing of this is like looking at these legacy nostalgia requel movies, whatever you want to call it, okay, if that's what we're doing and this is just like a, a dumb plot device to bring it back, and even if, you know, you want to try to say like, oh yeah, even part of it is kind of having bad CGI, the way, you know, they'll, they'll bring like a, you know, a character back and de age them and it looks weird and off putting and stuff, like, I didn't like it at first, and then by the end, I was like, okay, well, I guess if this is another thing that they're trying to kind of point at and have it be part of their meta narrative, I was like, I, I don't know if I still, I don't know if I, you know, go to like it or anything, but I, at least I'm like, okay, if that's why it's there, I, I get it. It doesn't bother me as much, but I, I mean, I'm assuming that you're going to say like, oh, well, that, that doesn't justify, you know, having it, but. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, well, if if it, if it had like a purpose, like it, you know, you know, it, it like like it has a big dramatic moment at the end where it sort of she's like, oh, I can stab the shit out of the, the villain. She has a line where she's like, oh, never f with a serial killer's daughter, and then like you know, mm. Billy's force ghost is smiling sadistically as she stabs the killer repeatedly. I felt like if it actually made a point where she kind of acknowledged that he was shit looking or something, like maybe if it actually. Where, she, she, where if, the, if the arc of the movie was her getting over like her seeing her her dead serial killer father because the movie kind of hints that she has some mental health issues she's taking these pills right. she's getting these visions of her dead dad I, I I thought it was going to do more with that and maybe that's something they can play with the sequel maybe, maybe they're building up maybe in the third movie in this trilogy she's going to be the killer because she's been building up to being a killer the, like throughout the, the, the movies or something I don't know but because she, because she stabs the killer a lot at the end, like she stabs yeah. him a bunch. That that was kind of my uh my take on it too. Is like yeah, at the end when she kind of like looks at him and sees him in the mirror, it is it does almost seem like to be implying like like I'm a part of you. Like let your inner serial killer out and then unleash like you know the fury because yeah, it does feel extremely like you know aggressive and everything. And he looked very proud. He's like, that's my girl. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the vibe I was getting from him. If, if it had more of a purpose where if, if the arc of the movie was her getting over the fact that she's seeing this dead dad and she's sort of like becoming more healthy as a result, like maybe if like the last time she saw him, she maybe commented on the fact that he looks like a shitty DH. age I mean, n- nothing too yeah. fourth wall breaking necessarily as that, but have some sort of point where it's poking at the idea of de-aging someone but it's not mm. really poking fun at it it's just kind of doing it mm. <laughs> like, you know, right. we, we've got an excuse to see young billy so we can hear him talk so we can have his presence in the movie <laughs> without ever really making a point where she says no we have to let, i have to let go of you because because yeah. that's the thing if the movie's purpose was to sort of be a because this is the thing. This is why Cabin in the Woods is better than even the original stream. Because Cabin mm. in the Woods has actually got a statement. It's actually saying, we need to let go of all these things. We have to stop mm-hmm. just doing the same things over and over again. And well, there's some fra- well, some subgenres and stuff where I'm happy f- to just keep getting more of them, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. So it's a bit more broad than I would say maybe put it. 
if if stream five had this like message of saying no we have to let go of the past we have to like sort of jettison anything connected to this old ship because we have to just move on with our lives we have to move on with mm-hmm. cinema and if it had some sort of statement, <laughs> right? If I had a statement that reflected that and it used the tools like Dead Billy that she's seeing mm. or like the other things that it's just doing from other legacy sequels, then I would be okay with it because then it'd be tools that are being used to say something. Mm. But I don't think it is saying anything particularly notable. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the frustrating part, is I can see how you could use it. I can see how you use it and say, this is us saying we have to move on. That's what the movie's about. But I don't think it really is that. Well, maybe you should <laughs> tweet at the uh, directors, uh, <laughs> see if they can uh, maybe get you in that boardroom for the sequel. Because instead, because like, I think you can sort of view it the way Sydney gets sort of brought in. Because at first Sydney's staying mm-hmm. away... And she's like, yeah, I'm not coming to Woodsboro until Dewey dies. And then she comes rushing to see Gail and like, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, we have to deal with this. And her whole attitude when she's talking to the the new lead, Sam, is like, no, you can't run from this. Because again, I actually like Sam, like, I didn't like that character very much because I thought she was one of the weaker actors in the movie and her character was like mm-hmm. kind of forcibly written in places. But the one of the, the most interesting things she says in the whole movie is like you know what we're going to do what they never do in the movies we're just going to leave we're going to leave the town yeah. right now and just go and mm. I, I was almost disappointed that it i mean I, I know the killers are behind it and they want to like railroad her into a location and whatever but mm. i just like that's actually more interesting <laughs> like have her leave and have the killer or killers have to deal with the fact that she's fleeing and what do they do in this mm. situation because this isn't like a, a slasher movie where they're trapped in a location like a camp or up in the mountain or something. Like, this is a town full of vehicles. They can leave anytime they want. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you, you can raise the question, but then you kind of cop out from doing of doing anything with it, I, I guess is mm. disappointing. But anyway, so, but Sydney's whole thing is that she keeps saying, like, you can't run from it. Trust me, I've tried. And you have to face it. You're a part of this now. You're this main character in this slasher movie. You have to do this mm. thing. And... The attitude you get from her is like, yeah, you know, it keeps happening to me. It's happened to me four times. This is <laughs> this is kind of the fifth, although it's not aimed at me directly. Basically, toughen up because it's probably going to happen again. You probably you're probably going to have another sequel. You're probably going to have two more sequels. You're going to be the lead character in more films. You're going to have to deal with this shit. So accept it and just get tough and get good. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is is that instead of saying having a statement about cinema and horror movies having to move forward and letting go of the past, it instead says, No, brace yourself because we're going to have sequels forever, so just accept it and toughen up. <laughs> that's the, that's ultimately what it's saying, I think. That's what I'm getting from it. It's an interesting take. <laughs> I guess I, I wasn't thinking about that watching uh, the movie necessarily, but I I see what you're saying. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm arriving at that with some thought now. I wasn't necessarily thinking it as I was watching it, but <laughs> that's kind of like how I'm expressing how it made me feel now. And you got to move on with cinema. <laughs> <laughs> move on with cinema. From uh, from Halloween is is Loomis's uh, first name Sam in that one? Uh, yeah, Sam Loomis. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Because that's kind of interesting because then you have Sam Carpenter, which obviously you know, mm-hmm. is like a nod to Carpenter. But if she's a Loomis, you know, if she had his name, she would be Sam Loomis. So that's interesting. 
I mean, it's, it's an intentional wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a character named Wes in it. There is, yeah. There's a character <laughs> named Wes. Uh, yeah, blonde highlights guy. His name is Wes. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, rather than go through an order, I guess we'll just tackle the big things and we'll, we'll, we'll slide into the various things we have to talk about. So, I mean, we brought up mm-hmm. Dewey's dead. We should talk about Dewey's dead. So... A surprising amount of this movie takes place at the hospital because mm. they keep going back to visit Tara, who's in hospital. And when mm. another big killing happens, which we'll, we'll go back and talk about, they realize that there's no police at the hospital. So Sam rushes with Dewey to the hospital. And sure enough, the killer's mm. coming after Tara. And Tara, bless her, is trying to like wheel away, but she's not meant to be moving on her own yet. Mm. So she's like wheeling very slowly because it hurts too much. But the killer's there coming after her. Jack Quaid, what's his name? Richie. He shows up. I, I forget if it was this part, but I think at some point he's like watching like stab movies and like YouTube videos that, about them. Yeah, that was earlier. Yeah, he was sitting on his phone watching stab on Netflix. <laughs> and it, I do think it's kind of like funny when they're talking about how like, you know, the stab movies has a lot more sequels than the actual like screen movies. So at some point they would have, you know, would have just gone off the rails. And then like when you see clips of it in this movie, it has like ghost face with like a flamethrower. Yeah, and stuff, and it's like which a, I thought was kind of funny. It's like a chrome mask as well. He's got like a chrome yeah. ghost face mask. <laughs> uh, that movie looks more interesting than this, to be honest. <laughs> Let me watch the chrome ghost face with the flamethrower. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I, I'm sure it's it's entertaining. <laughs> mm. And what I thought was interesting, because obviously Richie turns out to be the other killer, right? And right <laughs> that that's like poked at immediately because like when they go to see dewey because they want to help from like a, an original dewey's like how long have you known this guy never trust the love interest the love interest is always yeah. <laughs> like worth, worth eyeing up and i thought it was interesting here he gets his arms sliced and i think it's the exact same like place that the the love interest in the second stream gets slashed and oh, interesting. i don't know if that's like an intentional like, red herring because like, he never he turned out not to be a killer so it's maybe be like something that links in your head and go oh he won't be a killer either because he's getting slashed by the mm. killer. And and, and, okay. and in, in stream two, some of the characters theorize that that could have been staged and it's not that serious a cut. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas here it actually is staged. <laughs> so uh, that was interesting. But, but what, That's good, yeah. yeah. So he's on the phone to Sam who calls uh, as he's stalking Tara, because Tara, one of the, the Tara's injuries is she got like her, her ankle broken in the opening scene. So she's got like a cast oh, on. Oh yeah, that was like super brutal. Too. Yeah, and she's crawling <laughs> along the hallway. There's no one at this hospital apparently. Say so Halloween 2 is hospital. Well, they, they, at one point they mention, uh, because like there was an attack in the hospital earlier, so they say that they transfer her to a private wing. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'll accept it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a little weird at first, but I was like, okay, whatever. Like, that's that's enough movie logic for me. <laughs> yeah, but she's crawling on the floor. Keller's on the phone to Sam. They have this badass moment where she's like, oh, I'm just stalling for time, asshole. And then the elevator door's open mm-hmm. and Dewey and Sam are already in the elevator and Dewey shoots, shoots the killer a couple times. Presumably, she's wearing a vest. And that's... So the, the two things here, right, that I have an issue with is number one, he shoots her multiple times. He gets closer, they struggle a little bit, and then Dewey shoots her like three times in the chest. And the killer goes flying back into some shelves and, and like, is sitting there as if maybe dead. And obviously, it's a horror movie. It's a scream movie. We know she's not. I thought immediately, as soon as she landed, just run up and pull the mask off right now, right? Like, how many times have you done this? You're supposed to be smart characters who have thought through this through multiple times. And Dewey, you've been in this situation multiple times. Just run up and pull the mask off right now. 
And then it got even more frustrating and dumb when he goes over at the elevator with the character, says, you took it out of here, I'm going back. They always come back, you gotta shoot them in the head. And I'm like, yeah, but now you've given them enough time to, like, wake up and recuperate and be prepared and, and whatever. Which, and actually, that's, that's the other problem with this, is that before, when he was struggling with the killer, once we know who the killer is and who it has to be in this scene, because Richie's also in this scene, like, be playing innocent, mm-hmm. he's struggling with a teenage girl. You don't see the problem with this? You know, this, like, small teenage um, girl in Dewey, who... Admittedly, David Arquette's not, like, a hulking big dude or anything, mm. but, like, he's struggling with her, like, pretty severely before he I, shoots I her. Mean, I mean, at some point... I mean, however you want to gauge with the movie is fine. I think at some point, like, you got to understand that it is a movie. Like, it's not the real world. <laughs> like, I don't... Like, the you know the killers in you know every screen movie have always like way like stronger than they should be and like survive things that they shouldn't you know so i don't know i I think that's just like overthinking it (laughs) too much but i don't know it was whatever it it was just it was as soon as they revealed the killers and i thought back Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of scenes where the killer's there and richie's also there so Mm -hmm. it has to be the teenage girl it has to be uh amber so you think she's like a Mary Sue or something? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that. <laughs> Although they do talk about that phrase in the film, they bring it up. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... It was the first thing I thought of when I was like, wait, that had to be her. And Dewey was like mm. struggling to like fight her off with, with, in like a test of strength. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, no, I, I get it, but uh, yeah, at the same time, I, I just think there has to be... a there should, you know, level of... there should have been a mid-credit scene where she's at a gym, like you know, pushing weights <laughs> and stuff. Iron. Yeah, pumping iron just to explain that she's she's been working out. She's really yeah. tough for her size and age, and that's why Joey was a little bitch. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I feel like I've seen or heard people say like, oh yeah, it's like a little emotionally manipulative and stuff, but I don't know, this scene worked for me. Uh, and I was especially surprised because I, again, coming at this and, you know, I, I like the screen movies, but, or at least I usually don't think that I have as like much of an attachment to them or whatever, but I was surprised at how much this affected me. Like I, I was like generally sad, uh, to see him go and yeah, uh, the smart thing to do would have been to, you know, stay in the elevator or whatever, but uh, I like that he, you know, got to have a little hero's moment, and I, I do think like part of him felt like, yeah, there's a chance I'm not going to come back from this, uh, because of just knowing how these movies and stuff work. But still, I'm gonna sacrifice myself for the chance that, you know, if this person's gonna come back, that maybe I can, you know, put a stop to that and help people out. So I, I don't know, it, it worked for me, even if you want to say that, yeah, it is purposely just trying to pulling your heartstrings or play with that you know trope of sacrificing the old character or whatever they you know see in other movies but i don't know <laughs> what can i say it worked on me oh, to be fair i've not said any of that this is all stuff you've read online <laughs> <laughs> you said that as I if like I, you said that yeah. as if i was accusing you of that and or uh, <laughs> complaining about that and i've not said anything of the sort <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I feel like that's what you were kind of leading up to because it seemed like you you didn't like it. But I mean, I, uh, didn't, I mean, I didn't yeah. really care that much. I, I was I was all <laughs> indifferent to it. If anything, I just kind of feel like I saw it coming, and 
it's about time they probably killed one of the characters from the original off because they went a long time because yeah. they, they felt untouchable in the first, the last like couple of movies like there was nothing True. there was no chance of any of them being killed in four mm-hmm. and, I, and when i went into four i was expecting something ballsier uh mm-hmm. I, I spoke at length about the ballsy ending i thought it might have and then it kind of copped out <laughs> but I, I thought they'd at least be ballsy enough to kill off one of the original cast members so it's it's yeah. interesting that it took another decade <laughs> before <laughs> before someone had the balls to actually kill off one of the the, the trio and, and maybe it was a it's, condition maybe david arquette said i'm only coming back if you kill me off because i'm not doing it anymore <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it, you know it's kind of funny because originally he was supposed to die in the first movie but he was such like a fan favorite that they brought him back in the second one so you know kind of interesting that yeah, he's the sacrificial lamb uh, in this one. But, yeah, I mean... But he was alive at the end of the first one, though. Uh, but, uh, they, like, initially, though, he, his character was supposed to die. Like, he wasn't supposed oh, to survive. Oh, I can believe that, but it wasn't just a decision yeah. for the sequel, because they decide... They clearly made that choice, because you see him on the stretcher at the end oh, of the first oh, movie. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, because the big things are, is that once they start talking about uh, everything that's going on, and because uh, this is the thing the first time we see sam see billy in her head she's mm. immediately attacked by the killer who calls her in the hospital mm. and it was the way it was done was so quick and then the way the killer vanished was so quick and no one else saw him that i thought mm. they were going to play with the idea that she imagined that as well and I, were, yeah I thought that too. yeah and i thought it was gonna be more of that but then it never it never came back round. it never came up again so i was like oh i guess that wasn't that it just felt weirdly filmed because I genuinely thought that was in her head and the reveal at the end might be that she is crazy and she doesn't realize that she is the killer or something like yeah. that. You know, I thought it might do something wild like that, which would have been more interesting, <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. than, than... Yeah, that would definitely yeah, would have been something. You know, I guess it comes back to like when someone's, you know, when Sydney's like going through the house at the end with the guy and the killer yells out, yeah, but which, you know, where's the other killer though? It's like, oh, there's two killers. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie. And I'm like, you making a quip about it doesn't change the fact that, yes, yet again, we're doing the exact same thing with two killers. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarrely, the worst movie in the franchise is the only one that shook that trend. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, once they realize they're in deep shit, uh, Sam has the idea to go and uh, find Dewey and ask for help. He explains some rules. What I thought was interesting is he numbers them, but the three rules he gives are not the three rules that Randy gave. Sure. <laughs> and the original, they're compl- I mean, they're just as valid, but they're very different rules. Right about this time, though, I think it's before they go see Dewey, because you go a while before you see the original cast. You go a good half hour, I'd yeah. say, before you see any of them. Uh, mm. The worst scene in the movie is the scene <laughs> where Sam says, Tara, we have to talk one-on-one, and he, and he, oh, yeah, can, yeah. And he confess something. Do you remember when Dad left? And she's like, "No, I was like, hey, what happened?" And she's like, and she has this emotional scene where she tells her that when she when when Sam was thirteen, and presumably that was when Tara was eight. Oh, I was looking through old diaries Mum had in the, the attic or whatever, and I found out that I'm not Dad's daughter. I I was a a bastard child of Billy Loomis. I'm the serial killer from the first movie's <laughs> child. They, they get really upset at each other and she tells it to go away because she can't take mm-hmm. all this emotion. Uh, I, I thought, I, I, I honestly thought the performance here from, from Sam's actress uh, was, mm-hmm. was kind of rough. Uh, and admittedly, uh, the script's doing her no favours because the script is like shoehorning in so much exposition mm-hmm. into 
also a very emotional scene and it, it felt really piled on to me and i just i was sitting there thinking this is a terrible scene like this is just bad and uh you know is this it's nothing else in the movie comes close to this scene in terms of quality so i mean that's a good thing i suppose but this one stuck out has been a really bad scene to me uh it, it didn't really bother me <laughs> to be honest um it, like it feels very like soap opera-y but mm-hmm. i mean that that's a lot of the series is that though i, I feel like yeah you know, like i feel like there's always been these kind of like big like crazy revelations you know that characters will have and, well tara is watching dawson's creek at one point which that's true yeah is <laughs> created by kevin williamson who wrote Mm -hmm. the original scream movies so there's a (laughs) a reason for that that link there beyond just you know here's a tv show that was popular when the first movies were coming out yeah more nostalgia Uh please everyone thank you (laughs) we could talk about the other kill scenes that happened earlier on there's a there's like so there's an actor who uh kyle gallner or gallner right (laughs) who He's one of those actors who's popped up in a bunch of different things mm-hmm. uh, that I've seen. He's played a teenager in a lot of different things. Was he the guy from the Nightmare remake? Yes. He's yeah. A, yeah, that's him. Yeah, he's in the Nightmare on okay. Street remake, which notably the, the last stream movie uh, threw under the bus as being... Oh, that's tripped. right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which, rightfully so. <laughs> rightfully so, of course, yes. Uh, but yeah, he was in um, episodes of Smallville... It was also episodes of The Shield as well, admittedly, which is a, actually a good show. Oh, uh, it was in Jennifer's Body, so yeah, uh, and a lot of oh, things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and the two thousand royalty is what you're saying. And the two thousand eight to twenty twelve kind of period, he was in a lot of uh, notable things, and then he's been in a lot of TV shows and stuff since then. But anyway, uh, the point the point I was getting at though is that he is kind of this random extra kill early on, just so we can have another <laughs> kill. Uh, yeah. And just to give them another example of someone who's connected, because it turns out he's actually the nephew of uh, Matthew Lillard's character mm-hmm. from the first movie. Stu. Yeah, but he he's just someone who's he's, he had like a fling with one of the teenage girls last summer. He's like kind of stalking her, and then the killer just kills him. His character feels very like, I don't know, just just very throwaway, which. Um, it, it's kind of a shame because like he like he, he seems like such a scumbag, but like I don't know, it, just like the look of him like felt really over the top. So like I kind of wanted more of his character because he, he seemed <laughs> like he would have been like a good like annoying douchebag. But um, yeah, I don't really get much. But I mean, is uh, I, I was whatever. It's like it's a decent enough kill. The next big one is probably the the one two punch of Judy and her son Wes. Wes. Uh, so. <laughs> This, I mean, I, I like this section because it was a very mm-hmm. devoted section to building up to the two kills. They're both at home, and she leaves because she's going to pick up their, their dinner. They're getting some sushi, and she's going to go pick it up. Mm-hmm. And she's in the car, and the killer calls her and starts, like, harassing, and she's like, trace this call to, like, whoever in the police force. But then it's like, hey, like, I'm going to kill your son. Your son's, like, all alone. <laughs> and there's a kind of, a, like, a running gag. And it's not even that much of a running gag. It's, like, a, it's like mentioned twice. But she's, like, really protective and makes her son carry, like, a taser and, like, pe- <laughs> you know, pepper spray and, like, other self-defense items. Everything except just, like, handing him a shotgun and saying, walk around that on your back. There's a lot of, like, jokes with him. He's in the shower, so he says, have you ever seen Psycho? And things like that. But... There's a lot of... Which famously had a shower scene. 
I think that's what he was getting at, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what he was hitting at. So there's a lot of like him walking around as he's like preparing like the, the table for their dinner and stuff and there's you know, he opens the cupboard door and the music ramps up as if the killer's gonna be standing there when he shuts the door, but then then he's not. And then same with the fridge door, and then he's not. And the big surprise is that the, the mum gets killed first because when she runs up to the front door, the killer just jumps out and stabs her broad daylight. But then we continue following the sun around the house until the killer eventually pops out. I would probably describe his kill as the most brutal of the yeah. of the movie, which is he gets stabbed in the neck, but it's kind of this slow like because he's kind of struggling against it. And I thought he was maybe going to because he's 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 like only just at arm's reach for the taser. So you're thinking, <laughs> oh, maybe he'll get to the taser, but the, the yeah. knife's coming in slowly to his neck, and you see it just slowly pierce his neck. But the part that makes it really gnarly and stand out amongst you know horror movie kills is that it's at a bit of an angle so it keeps pushing oh. until you see it pop out the side of his neck so it's at this yeah. awkward kind of <laughs> degree and it's just it, you know i enjoyed the 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 raw brutality if you will <laughs> of the kill oh yeah definitely uh this whole section i i really enjoyed uh quite a bit i uh, all the fake out stuff worked for me like it it's doing all the things you expect it to do to kind of build up to like a jump scare and then you know the uh, i like that they're willing to really play with it and like you know i feel like you know they faked you out like at least like two or three times uh and then yeah i was generally surprised when you know uh judy like comes home and runs up the stairs and is just attacked like in broad daylight on someone's porch and like it's one of those things where like you know you think a uh, middle of the day like suburban street being safe and stuff and just i, I like the idea of being like no like i'm gonna kill you in broad daylight uh and then yeah um you know you know when he comes for wes uh himself and then yeah just how really brutal and vicious uh it is and then yeah like i, I feel like there's a lot of like stabbing trauma <laughs> in this movie that like really like made me like wince and, and like grip my teeth like ugh. like I, I think earlier on uh i think it was the first attack like you know, someone like gets like stabbed like right through the palm of their hand. Uh, yeah, I think it's the first one. Yeah, yeah. Like a, a lot of that stuff was uh, was doing it for me. I liked <laughs> how like uh, gnarly and grisly it was. Yeah, it's kind of funny how the first movie like notably had to be trimmed a little bit to get an R rating mm-hmm. back in nineteen ninety six, and now this is like, if you've ever seen like the uncut version of Scream, which I, I believe was only ever really released in Japan, I think. Um, <laughs> You know, there's not much more to it, but I'm pretty sure this movie, like the stuff in this movie, completely outdoes it in every way. It's like the times have changed. <laughs> you can do this yeah. now. <laughs> uh, I think what I like about it, you know, it's just the suspense. I like the gory ending, obviously, but the suspense of it, it really feels like no, no, we're going to. Need... It doesn't. The rest of the bollocks of the movie doesn't matter. This, this like <laughs> five or so minutes like section is just about building up to a kill. So it's just going to be suspense, and we're just mm-hmm. going to play with it. And I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed, you know, it made, made me look behind him. It made me look down the hallway behind him. It made me consider yeah. where he might jump in from. So it was fun. It was a fun slasher movie style scene. It's after this where Gail shows up and uh, Dewey and that go off to the hospital. Dewey dies. After all this, uh, Sam's like, yeah, let's just leave. But <laughs> Tara has an inhaler. She needs, uh, she's got a spirit her friend, uh, Amber. Amber, thank you. Amber's house. Uh, which, it, honestly, like, it, it, it was in the trailer, so I knew it was definitely going to be the house. But, mm. 
you know, even even the way, like at first I thought, oh, just, you know, I, I might have thought they were just trying to mimic that that house from the end of the original film because, like, oh, they've got the couches kind of laid out the same way facing the TV. But then, of course, it, when Sydney and Gail, who put a tracker on Sam's car, realize where they're going and they freak out about it. They're like mm-hmm. shit, and we finally get to see it, and it's all you know the full shot of the house. It's like, oh yes, this is the house from the original. This is Amber's family bought this house, and this is where all the, the showdown is going to happen. And uh, I, I, as far as little touches that I did like, I did kind of like the idea of uh, what's the niece, the, the Randy's niece again. I keep forgetting the names. Mindy. Mindy. I do like the idea of her watching the stab version of Randy's death <laughs> as the killer yeah. sneaking up behind her. And she does survive. I didn't notice that both mm. her and her brother survived at the end. And it was almost mm. like the directors were like, okay, we had to have some kill scenes, but man, we kind of like some of these characters we invented. We want to keep them alive for a sequel. So yeah. we'll just, I mean, I think she she kind of was open-ended for her. I feel like the brother, though, seemed like he was definitely dead. But I, the, Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, but at the end, he's on a stretcher, like, oh, I'm fine, guys, I'll be back in the sequel, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she she gets stabbed a bunch, that's the thing. Um, I mean, everyone gets stabbed. Gil gets shot, Sydney gets stabbed, uh, Sam gets stabbed in the side when, when Richie mm. finally reveals he's, he's true to it. And that's the thing, we have the big showdown take place in the same kitchen, the showdown in the original film took place so we, we, yeah. we, we do repeat a lot of the a lot of the beats oh yeah what, what did you think of the the, the whole third act the, all, all this stuff in the house um there was a lot of stuff i liked there was some stuff i i didn't like um again it's a little weird because there's stuff that like pops out to me as like being weird but then later it's like oh, okay i see the justification for it like why the hell are you having a party like why would a friend you know whose mm. friend was like almost murdered all of a sudden like throw a party um but then again like you know if you look at it as like oh well this is you know obviously being manipulated by these killers that are purposely you know reenact or you know remake their own you know the movie and pay homage to the original and stuff like Okay, I, I get that there's justifications and, and stuff for that. And, um, and to be fair, like in the original film, it was also one of the killers that threw the party. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of tracks, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And the uh, and uh, you know we talked before about how that you don't really get a lot uh, from this kind of friend group. I kind of like you know how like you know we're kind of seeing some you know some meaty scenes with them again. And like you know there's a lot of stuff I liked. I like um, when the I forget what the brother's name was. I think it also started with an M. Oh, wait, no, uh, no, it, no it didn't. It was Chad, yeah. I like when he's, like, arguing with his girlfriend, Liv, about, like, who wants to have sex, and he's like, I don't know, you could be the killer. Like, I thought that was enjoyable. <laughs> no, that, that made me laugh. There was two scenes in the movie that gave me a legit laugh. One mm. was when his girlfriend's saying, okay, let's go upstairs and have sex, and he's like, eh, you, okay, I'm not entirely sure you're not the killer, so maybe we shouldn't. That was funny. The other time I laughed is when all of the, the group all assembles to meet with Dewey and Sam earlier on, and they talk about the rules and they talk about requels and all the all the meta stuff. There's a moment where someone describes why Dewey could be the killer because he's washed up, he's a drunk, he has motivation, <laughs> all the rest of it, and then Dewey just says. Are you sure you're not the killer? Because that cut deep. <laughs> that, I'm yeah, not gonna lie, yeah. that line made me laugh. <laughs> that was funny. I like that. 
uh, so uh, a couple of good jokes I, I, yeah. two good jokes i'll give them two good jokes <laughs> so that's good and then uh and yeah and like i like the scene with um mindy and amber like when they're going to the basement to get beer and they're kind of like each eyeing each other and being like why do i know the year not the killer now do i know the year not the killer and then obviously it's when you look at it again knowing that amber's the killer it's like oh it's uh interesting but like yeah i, I like that scene uh and then like you, you mentioned um yeah i liked uh you know mindy uh you know watching the, the you know their version of stab which is kind of funny that like i don't know that version like seems like or the stab movies like yeah we don't get a ton of them like i guess we've seen like a little bit of clips like in the last movie what kind of went like they're showing the beginnings and stuff um but the but yeah we, we haven't really seen much of the movies and it's kind of funny that like oh they seem bad <laughs> like the mm. the guy that's playing like the fake randy like does not <laughs> seem that good but what's, what's funny they're lucky actually they never showed the fake randy and because scream 2 shows you clips oh, yeah, from stab yeah. and i did mm-hmm. like actually one of the little details that is quite good is that at the start of the film when tara's been tested uh, with mm-hmm. the horror questions, I like that she just looks up one of the answers in IMDb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Which, and and then I I think the I, I didn't look at it quick enough, but it looked like when she's like looking through like the cast list that there were like some nods to other. Uh, I don't I don't know if like real actors from the movie or just like well, kind of people uh, tangentially related. Well, no, there's, there's references to who they said was in it in Scream 2. In Scream 2, they mentioned mm-hmm. David Schwimmer. I noticed his name was in the cast list. Oh, okay. uh, They mentioned Heather Graham, and she was the uh, the Drew Barrymore character in Stab from the start of Scream uh, 2. Okay, okay. When I see it in the oh, theater. Really cool. So yeah. I don't know if all of them were necessarily references, but at least I, I, like all the ones we saw were mentioned in, oh, okay. in Scream 2 uh, were, right. were in that list. So okay yeah because i i assume like I, I was too lazy but i was like eh, i'm sure if you pause the phone there's probably some fun easter egg there or something yeah if anything it's not even just it's not even really references or easter eggs it's more just they're being consistent with who was who they said was in the stab in the last yeah. one but luckily they never really meant that there's even a joke in stream too that like it's just some nobody who plays randy so that uh, left it open for them to do a new uh, scene from funny. stab yeah. where they get to do this scene uh, it's just, it's, just, it's a fun so, it's a fun play on it because obviously in stream one he was watching it as someone else was watching him on a monitor so it's mm-hmm. kind of fun to see her watching yeah. this fake version of him being killed watching halloween with the killer sneaking up behind her there's a fun kind of yeah. layer to that which is which is which is all right and i think some of like what you see of stab is a little too accurate at times as to what, what it actually was in stream <laughs> oh but at least yeah but at least this moment no it mm. was being filmed like gail was filming this in oh, a that's van, true, huh? so it yeah. should be accurate because they had it that's a good point recorded yeah <laughs> so genius um, yeah so what uh, i will say is the it does fall apart uh to me once the the killers are revealed like it, it's not like um it's not like i just necessarily dislike the stuff but some of the motivations and that sort of thing i'm just like i just wasn't as i i, I guess it didn't really feel like a, a, like as much part of a movie as the mm-hmm. movie that i thought we were kind of telling like because when they start getting into things like oh about like toxic fandom and stuff like it's like okay but like it doesn't feel like the movie has you know been talking about these subjects it's mentioned briefly when mindy's explaining what a requel is she talks about how you can't oh, just sure. do a, a fresh complete remake anymore 
because mm. the fans will lose their minds. And then there's like the, the the videos that Thingy's watching on the phone about Stream It or Stab Eight oh, yeah, about yeah. how they're mad that it's this weird flamethrower ghost face. And it's like it's like it's, it's like a crappy YouTube video where like people are saying this is terrible and the hashtag needs to be re- you know remake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very much doing Last Jedi kind of like stuff yeah. where you know toxic parts of the fandom are like being very very shitty about it. Um, here's the thing. I actually think there's an interesting angle here that they could have potentially done if they focused on it more, which is the idea that the killers in this one are going to represent the toxic side of fandom. I think the mm-hmm. problem is, though, is that other than them saying it here at the end, it doesn't really feel like it's doing it. And I right, would much yeah. I would much rather get it from subtext and like sort of mm-hmm. recognize that that's what they represent rather than the characters just saying, you know, fandoms aren't toxic we're just we can, we love the movies they mean a lot to us and that's why we're acting out like this uh and and honestly it only feels half that i feel like the other half is just oh we're just also just kind of crazy and love stab yeah. and you know like I, I thought amber especially came across just really yeah she's totally unhinged which uh, which uh, honestly i i did think was kind of fun though like i i like when gail and, and sydney arrive at the house and like you know she's coming out she's like the killer's in there and like the first thing they do is like what do you think like eh, it's a trap and then she just like tries to shoot at him right away she's like i'll oh, like, screw this <laughs> like i like i i think I, I didn't really she feels like a very much a non-character like you know before yeah. this and then once she's revealed to uh, be the killer i do think she is kind of fun <laughs> like in a in a very like oh crazy unhinged uh kind of way but yeah it, it, it's still though like i don't know it, it just still kind of feels like oh we haven't really been building up to this it's just like we just need to get to a point where the killers are out and revealed and so we can kill them uh which i i think does lead to like some fun violence and kills and stuff but i don't know, maybe i i wasn't as into it or maybe it wasn't exactly what i was hoping for but i i didn't hate it but i also like wasn't like oh man i love this you know yeah i think they revealed that richie's one of the killers which felt like an obvious direction to go in i uh, when he says and actually we're talking about like lines that made me laugh i think like a little bit before he, he's revealed to be killed I, I think he's like running out of the house or I, I think it was during the house, unless uh, it was in the hospital. But I think at some point he's running away, and he says like, "Ah, Ghostface is after me," which I just thought was funny. <laughs> now, when he reveals to be the killer, and he says something to the effect of, "I know you're disappointed that it's me, but it's what's best for the movie." And all I could think was, eh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that, writers. I, I really don't. What's interesting is that. They they wouldn't necessarily have went after the original cast. Like Gail and Sydney could have just not came, and mm-hmm. probably would have not been ki- or attacked. So I mean, because they weren't killed, obviously they, they survived. But mm-hmm. um, and Dewey maybe like if if because because it wasn't like it was his idea to go and see Dewey. It was it was Sam's. Right. So mm-hmm. like that was just almost like a, a an, an ace. Oh, icing on the cake. <laughs> they, they, you know, I, I get yeah. to have the original people involved. I mean, they briefly mention that oh we're going to make it look like Sam is the killer and all this, uh, but they mm. never really go into it too much because it basically st- like they start like get fighting back and like getting an upper hand before they can even explain what the rest of their plan is. They they just say ah you're on hinge you're the daughter of a serial killer and it's all you, and mm. that's it. 
the girl that played Amber, like, wasn't she in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Uh, I believe she was, yeah. Yeah, and doesn't yeah. she get lit on fire in the end? Is it Brad Pitt's character has, like, a flamethrower? He just, like, torches her? I, 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 I didn't remember who she played, if I'm honest. I just I, I saw it earlier on that she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so yeah. I'll take your word for it. But yeah, she gets set on fire here, which, don't get me wrong, like, her, her ending is pretty gnarly and fun, and even mm. Richie's, it's less fun, but he gets stabbed a lot, so it's just pretty reasonably fun. Um, yeah. But she, although they, they repeated the thing from the end of Scream 2 where, like, like, oh, they always get back up, you have to shoot them in the head, and then mm. she immediately, like, Sam shoots Richie in the head. But then it's like the burned body of uh, of Amber who runs in streaming. <laughs> That's the same as the end of Scream 2. That, they did the same thing mm. where they shot Billy's mum in the head, but then it was it was Mickey who jumped up, and then they'll have to turn around and shoot him. Like, oh, right, right, so, right, so yeah. They repeated the same thing where, no, it's not the one who you were aiming for that got back up, it's the mm. other one. So yeah, I mean, the ending's whatever. Like, I, I was almost expecting like a final twist because it was kind of mm-hmm. like spending a lot of time with the ambulances and them wrapping up and Sam mm-hmm. comes over and asks Sydney and Gail, says thanks first of all, but then asks like, are you ever normal after this? Am I going to be okay? And it's like, ah, there'll probably be a sequel. Just, uh, <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she's, yeah, not great. And it, like I said earlier, it ends in the same shot as the original where the camera pulls back and it's the same house mm-hmm. even, so it's the exact same kind of thing. And the crowd went mailed. It's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I liked it quite a bit more uh, than you, obviously. But uh, I, I get the points you're making, but also... I, I don't know. I I think it's it was still a fun watch. I yeah. I I like the characters. Uh, I liked the you know a lot of the. I I, I get you know it's, it's simple enough to do, but just I don't know. Just like again, hearing like you know these teens like talking about horror movies and you know bringing up rules and talking about like oh, like, what is it this time? It's a requel and kind of, like, laying out that groundwork. Like, um, I, I do wish we got more of it, but I, that stuff all worked for me. And then, uh, you know, the kills, uh, I thought were brutal and violent. Like, I, you know, a lot of the gore and um, that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed quite a bit. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to say it's perfect. Can, can, but, can I just, uh, yeah. I want to map out the the villains here after, after the first one. Okay. So Stream 2 has Billy's mother, Mm-hmm. Stream three has Sydney's unknown long lost brother, who is the the son of Maureen Prescott. Stream four mm-hmm. has Sydney's cousin, and Stream five mm-hmm. has Billy's uh, daughter, daughter, <laughs> illegitimate daughter, yeah. or whatever. Oh, she, although yeah. she's not the, the villain, I suppose. I suppose to be fair, she's not actually one of the killers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, basically, what I'm saying is, is who who's going to have a relative? <laughs> <laughs> next movie that I we mean, can revolve the plot around well i, I mean the, the like the, they made a point about it in this movie where they were saying that um you know <clears throat> that it has like something to do with like relatives uh so yeah uh because there was someone that was uh oh yeah we talked about him earlier the kyle gallner's character that was like um Stu's nephew or whatever yeah um but I mean, again, the yeah, uh, I guess comparing it with the other <laughs> movies, uh, it is kind of ridiculous. But yeah, it didn't bother me in this because it, it seemed like that was kind of a specific point uh, that they were trying to make. But, That's the the convoluted yeah. <laughs> mess that is the stream 
like <laughs> chronology at this point is uh quite something i mean like i if you don't like it that's fine but i do think that is kind of like an aspect that a lot of people seem to to like from the movies because I, I think there is a bit of you know cheesiness and soap opera ness you know to it like you know the first one was, was definitely the more you know probably the the more serious uh or whatever out of all of them um but i mean there's still like some goofy stuff in it i mean you have a uh, what's his face Wes craven like <laughs> dressed up like freddy krueger I don't, I don't know if it's like a franchise that you want to take like too seriously i just i mean it's not as bad obviously but it's it's, it's it's a little bit into that saw territory of just the convoluted like every sequel has to add a new layer to the mystery and the the history of the characters so mm-hmm. the, the further we go the more convoluted the family trees of, of, of these <laughs> characters get so it's just it's something that sticks out to me and it's not like I, I don't necessarily enjoy finding out someone's related i definitely don't enjoy like them seeing the 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 the, the, the ghost of their their father with mm-hmm. crappy like de-aging cg or and i i, I just stream two onwards the whodunit element is like the worst thing about these movies i'm like just give me a killer and a mask or something and i know people are gonna say oh but that's just like a you know, slasher movie you're just taking away what mm-hmm. was stream well it can still be meta it can still do meta things um mm-hmm. i i just like i feel like because they have to have a killer revealed that is connected to someone it just it it shoehorns them into having to like do these convoluted connections and like you say these soap opera style family trees and revelations and i just mm-hmm. I, i'm just not really all that about it uh it's uh <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's a bit too cw at times uh <laughs> and that's what it's about saying uh some of the kills are fun in this one though uh there is a few good jokes i do like some of the the points that it makes but i don't think it necessarily has anything great to say about legacy sequels as much as it kind of pretends that it does but mm. uh you know and like i say there's a couple of scenes where it really has to force a lot of exposition or emotional uh like resolution and in one case it has to do both <laughs> in the same scene <laughs> and it just it feels like a, a rushed thing um so it's a mm. shame uh but yeah so i'm just like warm mm-hmm. like you know what i i didn't need another screen movie i don't need a sixth one but we'll review it when it comes out and i'll give it a chance <laughs> we'll see how it is but it's 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 very middling for me but i, I guess we're at the mm-hmm. point tim where we can rate the film so uh what would you like to rate scream five uh well I, i'm actually gonna give it a, a pretty high score obviously <laughs> you know probably gonna be much higher than you uh but i, I think i'm gonna go as high as an eight i I had a really good time watching this and uh and again i was i was expecting it you know to be i, I was expecting not to hate it just because of you know some of the positive stuff but i wasn't really expecting to love it just uh you know kind of based on the the you know not being the biggest fan of like ready or not uh, or whatever and um and again just and, you know i'm not always like ride or die for the screen movies but um uh, yeah i what i what can i say i had like a really you know fun time watching it um and uh, I'll definitely be watching this again, uh, you know, at some point in the future, not right away because, uh, hey, we got so many movies to watch. Um, of course, of course. But, but you know, at some point, I, I think, especially since, you know, the Scream movies, you know, there's only five movies in the franchise, so it's not too daunting. So I'm sure at some point I'll have like a week where I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to watch all the Scream movies again or something. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was surprised. I, I like this uh, quite a bit. 
Yeah, I don't think I will. Probably. I mean, I. The only reason I really watched Stream 2, 3, and 4 again is because we were reviewing them on the show. And the great thing about Stream 5 is is that my first time watch was us doing it on the show. So I I don't see myself. Get out of the way. Yeah, I don't see myself wanting to rewatch these. And I mean, it says something that I bought the first one on iTunes when it went 4K, and I don't really have any desire to buy the sequels. And I'm okay with that. That's fine. But hey. Uh, as far as my score, I, I mean, honestly, I'm, even with even with what you were saying, I'm surprised at the eight. I was expecting a, mm. maybe a seven at most. So <laughs> a little surprised that you went into like great territory. I will. Mm. I'm happy to give it a five point five. All right. <laughs> it's watchable. It's fine. It's completely unnecessary, and I just, I felt, I felt legacy sequel fatigued as I was watching it, and just because they point it out doesn't necessarily mean that, or change the fact that that's what they're doing. Here's the funny thing is, is they already did the nostalgia of the house in the third movie, because mm-hmm. they, they had like, the, the movie set, they recreated it. Right. Mm-hmm. So they already did that, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so that's kind of funny to me, but here we are. Here we are. Stream 5 is just okay <laughs> hey spare the scream three right. okay, okay, okay that. yeah <laughs> i mean it's, it's a very low bar but i agree with that for sure though it's perfectly watchable it's perfectly watchable mm-hmm. right? uh, dude, if you think i'm being too harsh fair enough but i think it's it's just perfectly watchable and mm-hmm. you know i yeah i mean and uh, you know the the fifth entry in a franchise you know at that point, you're kind of just expecting watchable. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say. Uh, true, true. So, I mean, is it better than Hellraiser 5? Uh, <laughs> I would I say mean, yes. yes, because Hellraiser 5 <laughs> is like a 2 out of 10, like a yeah. shit fest. <laughs> um, you know, Friday uh, 13th Part 5, uh, I would say yes, although some of the sequels after that, I do think, you know, uh, I, I do like quite a bit, but I'm I not think- a big fan of 5. I'm not a big fan of five. I, I may enjoy five more than this, though. Yeah. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street five. That's a little tough. Uh, not as many people like that one, but I'm a I'm a defender of the Dream Child. But I, I don't know. I, I probably would put this above it though, even though I, I do enjoy that one. But yeah, I mean, uh, Halloween five. <laughs> Jesus, uh, that's rough. I mean, <laughs> I mean, admittedly, yes, most horror movie number fives aren't necessarily the greatest thing ever. Um, that said, though, if we compare it to other genres, I feel like Police Academy Five has it by, by the balls. <laughs> it, it has no chance. That's the same okay. at Miami Beach Town. That's where Commandant Lassard gets kidnapped, and he thinks it's like an exercise, and it's not real, so he plays along all nice. But they're actually mm. on pursuit, trying to like rescue him. It's 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 gold. Um, sounds like a hoot. <laughs> I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Borden Now, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Traisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. There are Patreon producers over at patreon.com slash TV. You can, of course, go over there and support us for as little as $1 per month and help keep all the content coming. And for that $1, you get a bonus episode every month. Uh, the last one we did was The Last Matinee, which was a, a, a film with a lot of buzz from last year from Uruguay. Uh, which, <laughs> I, which I learned while we were talking about it. I thought it was a Spanish <laughs> film because they speak Spanish mm-hmm. in Uruguay, I learned. But 
um yeah so so you can check out that review as well as we did uh wheels within last last well not last mm-hmm. month it was, that was the previous month um mm-hmm. and we have an interesting one coming up this month uh but you also get even more screams which is a, <laughs> a, a newer bonus show we do on patreon which is once a month we get together and just sort of talk casually about all the different horror movies we've both been watching so it'll be kind of like shorter spoiler free discussions and just kind of like catching up and getting a bit of a flavor for different things so mm-hmm. you get those two shows for one dollar per month go have a look and see if you're interested uh but yes so go, go do that uh you guys will like subscribe ding the bell for notifications all that stuff and before we go i should make tim post for the thumbnail i remembered you thought mm-hmm. i'd forgotten i didn't <laughs> so here we go three two one pause <gasps> uh perfect i was about to tell you to put your head down but you did it naturally after like a, a second mm-hmm. so yeah my instinct is always to go up um, <laughs> i know how you hate that <laughs> well yeah your head gets cut off so you look stupid in the <laughs> just a flat line at the top why don't you get a taller camera <laughs> It's your camera, dingbat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so, yes, hopefully you had fun with Scream 5. Um, and we'll be back mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks or so time with our next regular episode. But uh, patrons could look for the next bonus episode next week. So thank you very much mm-hmm. for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies. We're out. Goodbye. I forgot why I said that. <laughs> Peace and love.